listening to the Higher Ed Podcast. We uncover the future of higher education, current trends, insights from the sector's brightest, and actionable advice for leaders and executives. Creating impactful universities, well-branded colleges, and best-in-class student experiences. Join us as we redefine the sector one episode at a time. I'm your host, Kamar D. Jarnett with Engine Systems. And I'm here with an extraordinary guest today, Dr. Antoinette Davis. Uh, I have tried and tried to get Dr. Antoinette on the podcast. She's so busy. But finally, she was able to uh, squeeze us in. And I'm really, really excited. You know, we know how things are so hectic with the pandemic and being a doctor and teaching. I mean, it's been hectic for all of us. So I really do appreciate you. Um, could you introduce yourself to our audience? Maybe tell them a little bit about you and how you got so passionate about higher ed. Sure. Um, I can say that for myself, I am a trained mathematician. I have been for over 15 years now. All of my degrees are in mathematics. And I thought that that would be where I would spend my entire career. But as it turns out that I went back into the more production area in terms of audio, visual media, and also with higher ed teaching. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. I um I used to date a young lady and she was a math teacher and I said, whoa, you might be smarter than me. <laughs> she was like, well, that's chauvinistic. I said, no, no, I just think I'm smart. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had a good laugh about it, but we were just kind of getting to know each other. So I definitely uh, I had a passion for mathematics at one point, but uh, I wasn't smart enough to stay the course. <laughs> <laughs> I always I tell my uh, fiance the story that uh, I, when I took physics and, um, I, you know, the, my academic advisor said, hey, look, you're doing business. You know, this you, this might not want to be one of the electives, you, you know, you select. I'm like, no, I always wanted to do physics. You know, so I get the class and the first day they're talking about two trades, you know, certain speeds coming from opposite directions. I'm like, coach, can you get me out of here? <laughs> so uh, we always have a good laugh about that. But no, this is awesome. Um, really glad to have you. Let's kind of get into it a little bit. When you know, I think one of the things you talked about offline is you know we've got this pandemic. Nobody knows that it's coming, right? Unlike the Titanic, when they saw the iceberg and they drove right to it, right? And in this situation, no one knew this was happening. And you know, why did it become so important to make sure that you know when you think about educating as a student, as a person, it's you know, kind of elevating and rising, that you make sure that you have as many kind of tools in your toolbox as you can possibly have so you can be prepared for anything. Does that make sense? Yes. I think that what we don't realize is when we go to college, we get trained in that one area, not two or three. It happens rare occasions, but we get trained in one area. And in that one area, we learn all we can so we can get out and get a job. What it doesn't prepare us for is for things like a pandemic. If the job you're in, for example, we've all seen reality TV. When it comes to reality TV, that's great pre-pandemic. But as you've seen during the pandemic, the actual talent is recording themselves. So you don't need the cameraman. You don't need all those editors and things of that nature. So the same is true for higher ed. If you're going to school, for example, just for mathematics, you need to know that whole thing, not just teaching math. You need to know how to write lessons. You need to know how to do instructional design. You need to go and find out what the tools are 
and also think further beyond higher ed. A lot of us got degrees in different fields and thought we were going to spend our whole career in higher ed. Look outward because we all know that with different budgets, different jobs are now, you know, cut or fulfilled in a different way. Right, right, right. Or also think about corporate. There are skills that you have that you learn in higher ed that can also translate into corporate. Right. Right. So how do you start to to think like that? Because I think you touched on a great point. It's um a lot of us, we, we get singularly focused. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just happy we've got the job. Right. And then we think we're going to do that forever. Like, how do you kind of coach yourself or start to develop yourself to even think like that, if that makes sense? Well, number one, you got to be around the right people. We all sure. know that we are the sum total of the top five people we hang around. Sure. So if all the people we hang around want to chill on the block, we got to be at the bar Tuesday and Thursday. I mean, how far are you going to go with that? You're going to be 60 something in the bar in the club, <laughs> you know, Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. But you got to surround yourself by people who also may not look like you, but who can mentor and sponsor you in different circles where your name can be brought up and you're not even in that circle. But the person you know is. So uh-huh. we got to move beyond this, my boy, this, my homegirl. We need to move to this is my mentor. This is my sponsor. This is the person who looks out for me. Like when I got into instructional design, the lady I knew just within two, three months, she said, you need to be doing instructional design. I was like, let me get that some thought because I know she out here doing it. Let me get some thought to it. And sure enough, that's the area that I ended up weaving into. So you got to be around the people who are doing the things you want to do, not just the people your age. You need to be around some folk in their 50s and 60s and 70s, folks who retired well, folks who got boats and they talking to you by phone. They're doing stuff that you want to do. So you got to get in that circle. Absolutely. So, so now this, this is an awesome point. How, so if you look at it from a higher ed uh, perspective, right, mm-hmm. how can the institution start to weave, you know, that type of thought, but also maybe set up situations where, um, you know, people can be multi-skilled. And I'm not just talking about a double major, if that makes sense. Sure. I think the biggest part about it is when you finish at a school, or even if you don't finish at a school, if you've done at least a year or two, you are technically considered alumni. You can take advantage of your alumni services. I take advantage of my alumni services for the university I graduated from. And even though I already have a job, I am present and accounted for every two weeks when they have their job searches, When they have job sessions, they have different speakers and panels come in. You can know a lot, but you can learn more when you hear it more continually. Yeah, that's a great point. We had uh, we did a podcast, I want to say maybe three or four months ago with uh, Dr. Terry Givens. (laughs) And we were were talking about Stanford. I believe I don't want to say the wrong place, but I think she graduated from Stanford. And we were talking about how a lot of times when people get their master's degrees, people that have bachelors, they get them from other institutions. And she was really talking about how, you know, to your point, you know, the institutions, like how do you kind of engage in, you know, even though a person's finished with their bachelor's in this or their associates in this or what have you, kind of, you know, institute campaigns and ways to get them back in for these certain functions and things like that. Because I like I'm a Penn State graduate. I love Penn State. Um, I wish our football team was a little bit better, but I know they give it everything they have. Right. And um, I got my master's from somewhere else. 
And, you know, if you ask me what I probably have liked to have, you know, both of those degrees from Penn State, the answer is yes. Um, but it wasn't kind of top, top of mind. It was more, you know, convenience for me. Um, on on that side of it, you know, what's, what's your thoughts on that in terms of, you know, maybe the institutions after you've graduated continuing to engage you and make sure that you're multi-skilled, if that makes sense? Well, I think it comes down to the availability of scholarships and assistantships. We all know that once you finish that bachelor's, if you're 50, 60 in the hole, you don't really want to take out more scholarships. You right. Know? You want to take yep. out more. So the school that would attract you would be the school that will offer you a full ride or a full assistantship where they'll pay for your tuition. They'll give you a job. Don't get me wrong. You're going to make a little money, but the main point is they're paying your tuition and you're able to get some experience and do some research. So where a lot of the schools now, keep in mind, budgetary constraints are going on. So there may not be as many assistantships available, but you always got to go out and seek and search. You got to email those professors because everything you're looking for ain't always posted. Gotcha. There's a lot of stuff that goes through the hidden channels. And you wonder how Bobby Sue and Lil Jane and Lil Tommy got in. They had the courage to send those emails. They had the courage to go and have coffee after church or after they got off work. So right. they're in the environment where they can get those resources because they're willing to look out. We have to do the same thing. Absolutely. Now, what are your thoughts on the shorter you know, degrees or certificates, you know, when we talk about higher ed 2.0 and, you know, six weeks and you can do this at Google or five weeks and you can do this with Apple, you know, how do you think these are going to start to play into the equation as we move forward? I think it's going to become more of a standard because the four-year degree one day, based on everything that's going on now, may, don't get me wrong, it's always going to be a level playing field for the four-year degree. But I think that the more two-year or one-year certificates are going to become more popular because in four or five months, like you said, you can go right into a career. Like right. I'm taking classes in instructional design and in just six weeks, we're done. So stuff like that is necessary so people can get those courses, get in, make a small investment and go right to work. Gotcha. Gotcha. What are some things that you that you believe that students because because I because I like your you're kind of to me talking more to the student, you know, mm-hmm. the person themselves and taking responsibility for their career. What are some lessons you feel they should have taken away, you know, from the pandemic? The power of social media. Gotcha. One thing that we don't realize is the way you found me or I found you was LinkedIn. Sure. A lot of young people. And even some older people, they spend a lot of time on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. But think about it. When it comes down to looking for employees, they're on LinkedIn. So if you're not on LinkedIn, you won't find out about those roles. If your profile is not done correctly, you're not going to find out. If your job titles and your job bullets are not keyword rich, they're not going to find you. So your neighbor will get a job that could have come to you, but they're going to get it because they're more active. They're on there. They're connecting, so on and so forth. So just putting up a profile on LinkedIn is not enough. You got to get in there. You got to make an intentional focus. You got to engage. Every morning, 17, 7, 15 a.m., I'm posting my LinkedIn post. It doesn't matter if your posts get 20 looks or a thousand looks. You're there. You're out there. Even when you're applying for jobs, employers go to LinkedIn to see, oh, what's she posting today? What does she post about? Oh, that's interesting because we all know social media is a part of the application process. So when you're on LinkedIn, you can find out about jobs way before they get posted because we all know that underground system is how a lot of jobs get filled. 
Absolutely. What, what, what do you think is the biggest challenge for individuals to become multi-skilled, right? Is it confidence? Is it access? Um, you know, how, how do you think about that? We think the biggest challenge would be. I would say overall confidence. Because there's a lot of people out here who are saying, oh, I don't do social media. But if you did LinkedIn, you have access to LinkedIn Premium, which will give you access to LinkedIn Learning. So everything leads somewhere. So confidence is a big reason why a lot of people don't go out and seek the jobs that they really want to have. They think about, oh, this has five bullets. Well, I can only do two of them bullets. I don't think I can apply. And that's not true. A lot of things that we do in the workplace, you can learn on the job. So uh -huh. Until you get to a place where you can say, you know what? I got faith in myself. I got confidence in myself. Let me go ahead and put my application in. What's the worst they can say? Yes, no, or wait. So, so, so what if I said, you know, Dr. Davis, this is great information. Um, but to be candid with you, I have no idea what else I could do. I just, I just, I just don't know. Right? Mm -hmm. What would you say? Well, we need to, we need to have a serious conversation on what you're passionate about. What okay. do you enjoy? You enjoy building websites. We can talk about that. And then we can create a whole career profile around that. We can set up your profile on LinkedIn so that you can get in the network with other people who love building websites. Because all those people are connected to a company which give you inside track on all those open jobs when they come open. So we, we have an idea of what we like to do. But we got to give ourselves a chance at the end of the day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it's... um. Uh, one of the mentors that that, that we've worked with um, kind of has um, an entire like productivity grid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's, you know, it's a great question, right? How do you become more productive? Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, you can ask a hundred different people, you know, they'll give you a hundred different answers. And what he has is, is more of a, you know, process, you know, system that you can write down, look at, I can hand mm -hmm. it to you and really explain, you know, how you define productivity. And one of the things or ways that he breaks it down is he talks about, okay, what are you passionate about to your point, but then what are you skilled at? Right. So it, it, there's certain things that you may be skilled with, but you just, you, you just don't like, you just don't like it. Like, like you're really great at it, but you know, you don't want to do it for eight hours a day, 10 hours a day. You don't like it. And then he also talks about there's things that you love, um, but you may be skilled at it, but it's not going to benefit you, right? It's not going to bring you any income, right? So you, you can do it forever, but you know, how is it going to help you provide for yourself, provide for your family, you know, weather's the storm when a pandemic comes and, you know, he, he kind of, Worked with you to kind of find out, okay, what am I passionate about? Also skilled with that will, you know, produce outcomes that I can, you know, me and my family can benefit from. So I, I definitely kind of understand kind of, kind of what you're talking about when you say, what are you passionate about? Does this system make sense? Like, is that something you could kind of, you know, um, connect with or, 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 you know, teach people as well? Would you yes. agree with that? Yes. Awesome. I do a lot of career training for a lot of people who are looking to get started either in instructional design or in mathematics for higher ed teaching. And I've done training across the board with people who really are unsure on where they want to be. But a big part of it, before you write it down, you got to visualize where you want yourself to be. They always say, where do you want to be in the next five to 10 years? Right. I, I, I go even further. The next 25 years, I've set my retirement date and I've said I'm going to relax in the Maldives in 25 years. 
So <laughs> you got to think long range and then you got to start building yourself up to, okay, this is where I am today. This is where I need to be next year. You know, not competing with anybody, but competing with who you were last year. And a Maldives that made me laugh. My fiance always talks about that place. She, she wants to go there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my first cousin, uh, took his, uh, wife there for the, for their 40th mm-hmm. and um i he never knew you know that i that was you know planning on going there with my fiance but he kind of mm-hmm. showed me some pictures and everything and i was like man this is insane you know it's kind of small world like you see a car that you've never seen before and all of a sudden the day you see it within the next three weeks you see it 15 times you know, kind of that thing so um it's been interesting though i don't know how easy it is to get over there right now but uh you know, um, it's definitely a place I would love to see. But so you talk about vision, right? Mm-hmm. Are there any other kind of tenets of your system and how you teach this to people that you can kind of share with our audience? You know, and now we've got the vision. Now what? You need to have an agenda every single day. You need an agenda. I have a planner that sits right next to my desk. Everything that needs to be done is on that planner. And it's the same things each day. But I change the order in which I need to do them. But I know by five o'clock, all of this stuff needs to be done. Why? Because five o'clock is my shutoff time. If I don't get everything done, that means I got to work over five. That means I I, I show up at the gym late. I eat late. Then I get into bed late and all that kind of stuff. When you have an agenda, you need, it gives you focus. It gives you an opportunity to get prepared for the day and hopefully knock out some things earlier in the day. I do most of my stuff between 7 a.m. and 12 p.m. Because after that, it's downhill from there. Right. So when gotcha. you have that agenda, it keeps you on track. You can cross it off when you're done with it and just go forward from there. That agenda will help you to stay on track with everything. You can also complete some things early. The goal is for you to not complete anything late. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, anything after the agenda? I know you've probably got a six or mm-hmm. 10 step process, but oh, yeah. I'll, I'll ask for one more for the audience. What comes after the agenda? What comes after the agenda? A willingness to ask for help. One thing that what that we don't realize is we don't know everything. We may know a lot about a couple of things, but we don't know everything. So you need to have people in your circle that can answer any questions that you have, but you also, it starts with you. You can't be afraid to ask questions. There's things in life that you're going to need. You're going to have to have people that you can speak with and so on and so forth. And don't feel away when you feel like you have to ask questions. The richest people in the world became rich because they asked somebody, can you show me how you did it? Oh, that's that's great. So let's take a person that isn't surrounded by the right five people Mm -hmm. and they say, well, hey, this is awesome. I've got step one and step two. We've got the vision. We've got the agenda. Mm -hmm. I don't have anyone to ask for help, Dr. Davis. How would you coach them? It's time to go networking. Even in the current situation, there is still virtual networking going on. You need to be a part of a community that is growing. It could be all women. It could be all men. It could be mixed groups. You got to be in a community that is growing, meaning these people, you saw them last year, this year, they got a new job. You saw them last year. They were talking about a home. This year, they actually got the home. And then you also got to invest some money. You got to give something. Ah, Just just put it, you know, I'm a part of a philanthropy group. And my goal with that group was to join and get in leadership. I found out about them at a function for football. And when I found out about them, I said, oh, this is my opportunity to get connected with other ladies who are in their career field. And I said, oh. Let me let me try this out. So I tried it out the first year and I was like 10 months in 
And I was like, I want to know what it's like to be in leadership. And they said, you got to be in it like 12 months. I said, I'll see y'all next year. We'll revisit this. And sure enough, the next year when we revisited it, I knew one of the ladies on the committee. And before I talked about being in leadership, she already had my name on the list. You got to be in the right places. You got to be thinking about how can I give back to the place they gave to me? Sure, sure. So listen, I I know we were kind of ad hoc today, but Mm -hmm. this system is phenomenal. I mean, are there, I mean, if you'd be willing, are there any other uh, uh, tenants or notches or steps that you'd be willing to to share? I mean, this is outstanding. Yes. And I actually said this first, the power (laughs) of prayer. I know a lot of people feel a way about Christianity, but I can tell you one thing where I am. I look back and I'm like, how did I get here? The power of prayer. There are places that God will put you that you couldn't put yourself. The roles that I currently have, I didn't apply for a lot of them, but I was placed there for a time and a season. And I am so thankful for the opportunity just to be able to work with the students I work with, work with the employees that I work with, and be able to grow my skill set. So the power of prayer, if nothing else, start every day and end every day with that. You will not go wrong. I'm not going to say you ain't going to experience something. Right. But I am going to say you will have a resource to go to in order to get those questions answered. Wow. Wow. I mean, that sounds like the perfect place to end it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of a better place. Um any final remarks for the audience? And also, can we find you on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, any information you want to give to the audience if, they're, if they want to reach out for maybe a session or help or coaching? Sure. Uh, some final remarks. Believe in yourself. Nobody should be able to believe in you more than you believe in yourself. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am under Dr. Antoinette Marie Davis, E-D-D-M-A on LinkedIn. Feel free to find me. I am always looking to connect with new people. And if you have any career um, issues or you have concerns on how to get into the career that you want to get into and even the power of LinkedIn, reach out to me. Awesome. This was definitely worth the wait. I really appreciate you. Um, have a great weekend and be safe. You as well. And if you have, a, you want to do another session, let me know. Thanks for listening to the Higher Ed Podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by Engine Systems and Chief Digital Marketers. For more information on topics discussed, you can visit engine.systems or chiefdigitalmarketers.com. Join us next week and every week after for more innovative and actionable advice.